Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm your host and joining me, Aubrey, our co-host. Hey, this is a cool episode because my friend... Luann Huska is on today. I know. You you referred Luann to us. She was incredible. This is an yeah, unbelievable conversation. You have really brilliant friends, Aubrey. You roll with well, some great brilliant, people. Yeah, brilliant <laughs> people draw brilliant people to them. So, you know, I don't it's know what to true. say about that. No, no it's very yeah. true. It's very true. You have. I love the, the, the folks that you have around you. And Luann is one of those. And uh, she's a freelance writer and speaker. Uh, focuses on the topics of embodiment and spirituality. Um, and she writes about a lot of different things, everything from chronic mm-hmm. pain to uh, evangelical fertility trends, which is like, that's an interesting <laughs> nuance. <laughs> that's of, like a mind-blowing topic, yeah, right? But it's it's mm-hmm. something that needs to be talked about. Uh, and, yep. and it's so I'm grateful that she has a, a voice in that. She's appeared on Christianity Today, The Christian Century, In Touch Magazine, um, hyphen sojourners and church health reader doing a lot of writing and yeah, she uh, does a lot of writing she she um also just is very what i loved about she's so you're gonna you're gonna hear this in a, in a little bit as as the listener but she's just very articulate and intentional as she talks through mm-hmm. these things with me and you can tell she's a writer you can tell she's very um thought thought provoking um, with even the way that she speaks. Yeah, you can hear her almost like consider yes. before she speaks. I sort of wish I had that muscle in me. I, I tend to like go, blah, 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 and then I'm like, oh, uh, wait, I should I have said, said that? Uh, right, maybe. but she's really, she, like you said, she's intentional, she's mm-hmm. thoughtful, she's purposeful in her words, and she's a lot of wisdom for so you much. listeners. So you're going to be excited about um, Davy's conversation with Luann. If you like this conversation, or if you like any of our conversations, would you do us a favor, go and rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts? We'd very much appreciate it. We'd love to hear your stories, your testimonies, how this is impacting you. And stick around because after this conversation that I have with Luann, Aubrey and I are going to dissect it and talk a little bit about what Luann and I talked about and some things that are going on in our lives as well and how we are processing some of this. So let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Luann Huska. Luann, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Good to be here, Davey. Well, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and and where you're from and and kind of what life looks like for you right now before we dive into a bit of your story. Sure. Um, I live in the Chicagoland area. I have three little boys who are seven, four, and two. And I'm a freelance writer, so um, I spend part of my day writing, researching, um, and then most of my day being with my kids. Mm -hmm. So that's about um, the sum of my life these days. (laughs) That's awesome. That's, it sounds like a fantastic day. Very full getting to write and then getting to spend time with the kids. And that's great. Yeah. It, um, like the monastic schedule of having work with your hands and work with your mind, I think is is a good balance for me having both. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. You know, you touch on a really good point right there. It's a, I love how you just kind of brush across that, but that is something we haven't really talked to our listeners a whole lot about, but you know, one of the, one of the principles that I learned when it comes to rest is this idea of 
if you if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. In other words, physical mm-hmm. activity. If you work with your hands, yeah. rest with your mind. But you you know you're bringing to the forefront the the fact that that can be in, held in balance every single day, and it really helps to shift from one to the next, and it keeps you in this really mm-hmm. balanced rhythm and flow. Um, not to get in super deep right away, but that was a really, I love that. I love what you just said. That was very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that um, my mothering informs my writing and then my writing informs my mothering. Mm. So I think it can be, speaking of wholeness, that's like what I write about a lot. Um, it can be a really helpful way to think about wholeness, not as like you have to devote parts of yourself to one thing or another, but yeah. um, everything that you do can feed into each other. Oh, that's so good. That's so great. Well, you know, I know something that probably informs a lot of your writing too, um, in addition to motherhood is, uh, some of your, your pain journey, the things that, mm-hmm. that you've walked through that the Lord has brought you through. You know, I think, um, one of the things I discovered as I was walking through a, my tragedy and very, you know, the healing process of that is there was a new, uh, kind of anointing that came out in some writing that wouldn't otherwise have, mm-hmm been there had I not been walking through pain. There's, you know, some of the, some of the Mm -hmm. deep thinkers and writers that I love to read are the ones that have some very raw, real experiences with suffering, Mm -hmm. some deep insights that come from that. And so, uh, you know, I'm excited to kind of hear what God has brought you, brought you through and what he's continuing to walk you through and some of the insights that he has pulled out of you, uh, from that. So why don't you start kind of where you would mark as the beginning of this pain journey and and let's let's talk through it a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking about the beginning because there's a, a few different points where I could begin. I I could go back even as far as my childhood and upbringing. So my um I'm from a family of Chinese immigrants and I moved mm. to the United States when I was 3. But my parents um came of age when um Mao Zedong was um the chairman of the Communist Party in China, and they uh, grew up with a very materialist perspective on the world. Mm. So, um, you know, the material world is all there is. And as a result of that, um, your body is all there is. Mm. Um, So if my mom would say a lot of times to me growing up, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything because your body and your ability to do things in the world and make a living is really what everything else hinges on, right? Your, your success and your happiness and your future. So that was something that I absorbed from a pretty early age. And that in a way, um, was a gift because, um, when we moved to Southeast Texas, as um, I was a teenager at that time, I became a Christian in um, a Southern Baptist church. And um, we've all um, kind of been in this conversation, I think, in the church around kind of the damaging effects of the purity um, kind of culture message of um you know, you have to be really um, afraid of your body because of what your body is. Yeah. Um, deny a lot of um, your body's needs or desires because um, maybe the body is at its root sinful. So when I um, became a Christian and went through, you know, True Love Weights conferences mm-hmm. and that whole like set of kind of trainings around um, what it means to be a Christian in a body, especially a Christian woman. 
um, I had some counterbalance to that with my, you know, my upbringing of mm -hmm. like, actually your body is really important. Um, so I think I was bringing both of these things, um, kind of both of these influences along with me when I graduated from college and I'd, I'd been pretty healthy up until that point and felt like, you know, the world was my oyster and I was going to yeah. do anything I wanted. I had my, um, kind of my goals and my dreams. And then about a year after I graduated, I started having this pain in my ankle that, um, at first I thought was just going to be something that went away in a couple weeks. And so mm -hmm. I didn't think about it too much. Um, and then that became a couple months and, um, kind of around the three month mark is where I started to realize maybe this is going to be something that I'm going to have to live with for a while mm -hmm. or maybe forever. And I, that really terrified me because, um, it, it meant that, um, you know, it just, it made me reorient my whole relationship with my body and, mm -hmm. you know, my body had been reliable up to that point and now it wasn't. And I think because I was so young, I think probably, you know, as you go through life and I know people, many people um, encounter this way earlier in their lives. But for me, this was the point where I really encountered, um, wow, um, it, you know, something could happen at any moment and um, your health could just collapse or anything, you know, right. in your life, something could happen where your, your life as you know, it is completely upended. So that yeah. was one of those moments for me. And, um, it really forced me to, um, reckon with my image of who God was and also what God was up to in my life. Um, the plans I thought God had for me or how I engaged with God around my future and um, honestly, because I had such a like um, a go-getter perspective on life, like I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it, all I do have to do is have enough, you know, uh, grit and determination and I'm going to research this problem. I spent yeah. so many late nights researching on Google, like what is, you know, all my symptoms right. and... Um, you know, obviously nothing that I did was working. Um, and so that plunged me into a lot of anxiety and just a long season of depression. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I looked back on it now and would call it a dark night of the soul yeah. where, uh, I really felt God's absence. And that was, that was probably the scariest thing because more than the um, physical pain itself, what was the most um, kind of shaking for me was the emotional pain and that sense of, I don't know where God is in this. And right. I, I feel like I've fallen off of the spiritual map and I don't know how to locate myself in what God is doing or in my story or in God's story. I just kind of feel like I've like uh, I kept describing t to my friends that I, I've been walking along this path and it's, you know, sunny outside and um, I'm just enjoying things. And then I just fall into a pit and I feel like I'm living my life in this pit and everybody else is living their lives above ground and I'm living yeah. my life underground, like watching life pass me by. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's where that story kind of led up. And, you know, I went through several years of... Um, you know, the, the ankle pain started in one ankle and then spread to my 
knee and my lower back and just caused a lot of alignment issues. Um, and along with that, I think it wasn't helpful that I was all very anxious and depressed, you know, all of those things feed into each other. It's like the insomnia and the pain and then the emotional pain. It all just creates this vicious cycle. So I was in that cycle for quite a few years. Um, and at, at some point, I started to realize maybe this was my new normal, that I wouldn't be able to walk more than a couple of blocks. I was, you know, cycling through using crutches and uh, using a walking boot. My husband even made me this, like, knee scooter device yeah. <laughs> that we tried for a while. Um, but... Yeah, I I did come to a point where I was able to let go of some of that um, that expectation that um, like uh, my I had this feeling for just during that whole period that my body was not as it should be um, mm-hmm. that something was wrong with my body um, and that caused me a lot of pain um, a lot of like questioning and doubt um, raised a lot of theological questions for me and. So that um, that is kind of where the book started to asking like, what does what does my body mean? You know, like, mm-hmm. can I experience healing when um, healing doesn't look like what I expected? And if if um, the healing work of Christ is for our whole selves, not just for our spiritual selves, what does it mean for me when my body still is hurting? Yeah. Um, it took a, it took a while to unravel some of those questions, and really, it's it's something I'm still unraveling. Wow. Well, in a second, I really want to try to dive into what you're trying to unravel. You know, some of the thought processes mm-hmm. that are even still right now fresh going through your. You know, I'd love to hear some of that that journey uh, in in just a second. But I want to I want to go back to first of all this this like three month like three months of ankle pain. And then you're coming to this realization of, man, this might be something I'm living with for the rest of my life. Um, talk to me about that realization and, and leading into this dark night of the soul. You know, many people have some of those really, they're listening to this and they, they have experienced or they're experiencing something like what they would describe as a dark night of the soul. And they're wondering Am I ever mm-hmm. going to get out of this? They're wondering where is mm-hmm. God in this? And some people have this experience for weeks and some people have it for years, but they can relate to what mm-hmm. you're saying. Uh, what What were some of the, the, the really key moments that you remember in that time period as you're grappling with the reality of this new quote unquote normal, as you're wrestling with some of this anxiety, did God show himself to you at all? that kind of lifted it and created some levity there or how did you, how, how were you navigating any of this? Yeah, definitely. Um, the whole, uh, kind of the premise of the dark night of the soul is that the feeling that God is absent mm-hmm. and, and that's what makes it so difficult to, to bear. And I think a lot of us live with, um, this is something that I, uh, I'm drawing from a friend of mine who is also an IVP author, Diana Groover. She talks about um, an emotional prosperity gospel. Mm. So um, just the assumption that um, as a Christian, 
like, yeah, we'll go through difficulties, but we'll have joy in the midst of the difficulties. And we will like have this at some point, we'll have this sense of God's presence that can kind of make everything bearable. Mm. Um, But we don't know when that will be. And that's the really hard thing is when the darkness feels like it's Mm going to go on forever. And that is something I think as a, because I was 21 when this happened, I I had very little life experience to, um, had some, but to kind of put in perspective that this is not going to go on forever, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. things change, even if like the physical circumstances don't change or I don't, and, and I continue to have pain, like something happens to where, um, your perspective changes. Like you find a new way to understand your story and, um, God's presence comes through, even if it's not that like epiphany moment, like sometimes people don't have that right away. And sometimes it's just like an accumulation of small moments where, um, you learn, I think that that was what it was like for me. It was an accumulation of small moments where I learned to see, the goodness in my life in the midst of having this, this huge loss that I felt like was a huge loss. But I think people were really important for me to manifest God's presence to me. Mm. And that obviously is, um, we talk about the church being the body of Christ. And I think it's so true that I really needed, um, like physical, tangible, um, signs that, that God was with me. And so I, I didn't have um, that like emotional security all the time, but mm. people were around me. My husband was around me. I met with friends for prayer and, um, you know, I, I just kept checking in with people. People kept checking in with me. And that really, um, I think that got me through some of the hardest times. I also... Um, I mentioned I met with a woman for prayer. Um, there's one specific woman from church that I met with um, who had a lot, has a lot of experience with Dark Night of the Soul and referred me to a lot of, um, you know, church um, fathers and mothers and um, mystics who've been through um, these prolonged periods right. of God's absence. And, and that really helped me to normalize my experience, yeah. not as something that was like, just off the charts and not part of the the Christian story, but like a really central part of the Christian story. Um, And so having, having the companionship of like people in real time, but also like these Mm -hmm. historical, um, you know, witnesses, um, like the cloud of witnesses that also helped me to feel like I was not alone in, in the journey in that, abyss that I felt like I had kind of fallen into. I love that because I think that was one of the things and has continued to be one of the things that's really encouraged me through times of suffering is reading some of the ancient writers and thinkers and and theologians because, you know, and I don't know what, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of a combination of a lot of things, but we don't, it seems like today in modern society, we don't have a bucket with which to put our pain theology in. We don't, mm-hmm. we, you know, and, and maybe it's because we are so inoculated with, with comfort, with convenience, you know, everywhere we look, that's the marketing schematic that's trying to 
get us to buy into certain mm-hmm. things. It's all trying to play into our desires for comfort and convenience. And so, but when you read these guys who didn't have Netflix, didn't have Instagram, didn't have the instant, didn't have the drive throughs and you, you know, mm-hmm. these, these men and women of God who have walked through horrific suffering, you begin to realize this is, as you said, at not just a normal part of the Christian life. It is an essential part of the Christian life that this is mm-hmm. imperative uh, that, in, you know, almost like in order for us to experience resurrection, we do share in his sufferings as well. Um, as you have kind mm-hmm. of walked through that dark night of the soul, and as you've kind of started to come through it and come out of it, um, what are some things that you look back on and say, it was imperative for me to walk through that season because of blank. This was a, an essential mm-hmm. part of my walk with the Lord because of blank. You know, you fill in that blank. Yeah. Um, so I, I gave this like a talk on um, just my story and what healing means when you don't get better. Um, mm. That was like before the pandemic and we could meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the questions that people, somebody in the audience asked me was like, like, do you, would you say that you needed this experience like in order to be who you are now. Mm. And I would say, um, I think like to, to the message of this podcast, like that I would have learned those lessons one way or the other. Um, they just happened to happen at that, this particular moment in my life. And I, I can't read into that. Like, that like it had to happen then right. um, in order for like these other things to happen. But I know that um, being open to God's work, which took a long time. I mean, I think when we experience grief and loss and trauma, there is this process of, you know, it's like the, the stages of grief, which, um, you know, psychologists will talk about. You go through anger and denial and depression and bargaining before you come to a point of acceptance and then being able to use what you've gone through um, to make something of it. Um, And so I, I don't know how I would answer the question of it, that it was like imperative for this to happen um, in order for like this other thing to happen, except that I feel like everything, um, Everything like that I was learning at, in that point in time has helped me now to realize that like the calling of, of God on my life, I think I would say like a, just the, the big thread that I would pull out of all of this is like um, being present. Mm. Um, like that is, that is what God is asking of me. And in that period, I... I wanted to run away from yeah. my body right. and from my suffering yeah. and from the whole experience because it was uncomfortable and yeah. um, it didn't fit my expectations of what my life would be in it. This is not the life I wanted to have. And um, my husband and I had just gotten married like right after I graduated from college. So I was a year into being married and um, instead of like, you know, going backpacking around the world. We were sitting on our couch in suburban Illinois and um, not doing all the things that I I hoped we would be doing in life. So um, 
I think for me to realize that um, the gifts of God show up where we're where where we are in the moment um, has been something that I've needed to learn over and over and over again. Um, And I think that was like the starting point of that for me. And then I I keep having to learn that lesson again and again. God is doing big things in and through Nothing Is Wasted Ministries this year. One of these things I've been itching to announce, but couldn't until now, is the release of the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional. These devotions are the daily entries I wish that I had available to me along my healing journey. Each entry is designed to give you hope and practical help as you partner with God to take back your story. It'd be great for you or for anyone in your life who is struggling through a difficult season. The devotional is releasing July 22nd, but we want to extend to you a special offer of 20% off if you pre-order the devotional before July 22nd. If you pre-order now, the devotional will show up on your doorstep on July 22nd, and you'll gain immediate access to all our exclusive pre-order bonuses, including the first 21 days sent to your inbox, along with five-minute video teaching of each entry from me. To pre-order the devotional and check out all the bonuses, go to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code PODCAST for 20% off the devotional just for being a Nothing Is Wasted podcast listener. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com and use that code PODCAST for 20% off. What a, what a fascinating and insightful lesson though, that this, you know, the whole thread that you pull out of this experience is to be present when that's the exact opposite that someone who is suffering with chronic pain would want to do. You know, you want to escape the pain. You want to escape your body. You want to find some way to forget about it, you know, f- mm-hmm. for, for at least yeah. a, a, some matter of time. And, you know, it's like this, it's like the whole idea of breathing into the pain. If you're, if you're having some physical therapy or something and, you know, they, they'll yeah. tell you to breathe into it and kind of lean into it because the more that you can breathe and slow your cadence, mm-hmm. slow your heart rate down. And then, then the pain actually, it's not that it's not there. It's just, there's something you feel it in a different way. You're able to yeah actually hold it, you know, and, um, yeah. but man, what an incredible spiritual parallel then too, you know, mm-hmm. that as we lean into these things and breathe into these things that God yeah. shows up for us right there too. And we're able to hold that pain in that space. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's really, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I think it's a really hard ask to ask people to stay present mm. and uh, people that have read my book have, have said that that's probably the most challenging takeaway. Um, they're the thing that they would um, resist the most. Yeah. I would also say that it's there are times when um, when you're going through something traumatic, um, you know, the first thing that will happen, there's like the fight or flight response. Obviously, you want to try to do something about it. But then once you realize that you can't do anything about it, the next response um, is to freeze. Mm-hmm. So 
that that basically is escaping and right. dissociating and kind of just not being there. Um, finding ways to numb it or. And that could be like whether for an acute trauma or an ongoing trauma, like chronic illnesses um, or chronic pain. I think there are times when um, like that is the natural reaction and the needed reaction to kind of protect ourselves or like right. kind of preserve some kind of like psychological right. Um, right. <laughs> like space in our minds because pain can be obliterating. Like yeah. pain can just like be all consuming, especially physical pain. Like. Um, one of the um, the authors that I refer to in my book is Elaine Scarry, who's a theorist and talks about how pain, like the, the, the world of the person in pain mm. shrinks to their body. It's like you can't yep. process anything yep. but the pain. Like that's just like all present sensation. So right. I don't want to like say like that's like the response that you have to have all the time um, is to like, be right there a hundred percent. But, um, but if, if you, th you think about like what trauma is and then what healing is, um, there's a point when that freeze response becomes unhelpful, mm -hmm. um, because that freeze response is also kind of cutting off not only your ability to be present and feel all the things that might be like too overwhelming to yeah. feel, but it also is cutting off you off from the resources that you need to heal That's good. Yeah. that are in your body. Um, and so when we're like escaping our bodies, we're also escaping from some of the ways that um, God made us to be human and to yeah. connect with him and to other people and to kind of find our place and our way in the world. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there is a point where um, we need to learn um, to to hold that pain um, right. and to, to kind of process whatever it was that traumatized us. Um, and I think as, as Christians, that's where we have this great resource because um, like, how can you ask people to, to be in a place of pain, ongoing pain, especially. Um, and the only way is to say that that is where God is. Yeah. Um, that is where God meets us. And it's not us that's holding that pain. Um, that's like kind of, we're not the ones who are like shouldering all that, that right. burden. Um, God is, and um, you know, Jesus in the incarnation is the one that's, like ever present with us right. in our bodies right. um, and in our pain. And so that is what we can keep coming back to. And it feels like it's too hard to keep engaging and keep showing up and breathing. And, yeah. and um, you know, I, so I think the incarnation really gives us the resources to approach our pain in a different way. Yeah, that's so good. That certainly is what makes Christianity unique, the message of the gospel unique to any other major religion or ideology right is that right that our god stepped into our suffering and our god mm -hmm. is present in our suffering and he can empathize in our suffering and he came down he's not requiring us to go up he's mm -hmm. not requiring us to okay well when you get out of your suffering then then you can come and commune with me you can be at my table no he's like here like i'm bringing the table to you we're pulling up a seat we're in this thing together and i'm present yeah. with you what a fascinating insight too. in terms of, cause you know, so many people that we talk to on this podcast, they talk about this, 
this pain season they went through and then they kind of come up out of it. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. and it subsides. Mm-hmm. And this is the, this is sometimes when we talk about hope, right. Of, to walk through this. I think sometimes I'm even guilty of saying like, okay, this too shall pass using that a little mm-hmm. bit too mm-hmm. flippantly a reductionist. Yeah. And, and you're mm-hmm. talking about pain now that many people are experiencing that is chronic, that quote unquote is not going to pass. Mm-hmm. And, and what do we do in those moments? Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think we like the tidy stories, that's yeah. for sure, of like the before and the after. So when it's this thing that, okay, we prayed for you and this is still where you're at, yeah. even if it's like the emotional, I think it's, I think for a lot of people that want to minister to people in pain, yeah. um, I think the emotional, like, like the dragging on of the emotional difficulties is probably like the hardest thing to reckon with. Cause like, uh, okay. Like you're still in that same kind of place. And I, I think we have to give space for people mm. to kind of be in that. Um, I, I call it like the Holy Saturday, right? Before Set, yeah. the resurrection, like Jesus went from death to like this, this, liminal space in the tomb to the resurrection. And we like to skip from um, Friday Mm -hmm. to Sunday because um, we just like don't know what happened in that space. And we don't want to be there (laughs) because that's like the the place where we don't know how long it's going to take. Like we, uh, we know now in retrospect that Mm -hmm. it was three days, but it, you know, for many of us, our holy Saturdays are years yeah. uh, or decades. Um, and that's where um, we get, as Christians, I think we get really antsy because we, right. we want to get really quickly to the resolution. And, right. and you know, and even in my own story, as, a, as an author, like you have to kind of narrate, mm-hmm. this is the point where I started and this is kind of where I ended up. Um, not because that's like the story as it is, but you just have to like find a way to kind of like package your exactly. story. Put a, put a bow on it somehow. Right. So it feels yeah, like. And right. And I think there's, there's truth in that, in that you, I think you, we need to offer people like a sense of transformation. I think that did yeah, happen for right. me, but in many ways I'm still in process. And I right. think we, like it's so important to give people that space to be in process yes. and be undergoing that like metamorphosis, but they're still in that like, um, you know, cocoon stage where right. like everything's right. just melting down and their identity is melting down and they don't know when they're going to emerge from, from that, you know, yeah. in between stage. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's what's so beautiful, beautiful about even this conversation is I'm sitting here talking to you right now, Luann, it's like, I'm recognizing that there's still meaning and there's still mm. significance and there's still transformation and there's still purpose that is existing in you in the middle of this, right? It's not like we have to get mm-hmm. to the quote unquote other side of it before we begin to realize or actualize these things. It gets happening mm-hmm. in the midst of it. And yeah, I think that's what's so beautiful about the perspective that you're bringing to the table, you know, right now with this and, and what God has brought you through. And I, I'm, I'm what's, mm-hmm. what's frustrating to me is that I'm finding myself right now 
uh, what the listener needs to know is that when, when I sit down to do to, to talk to someone like I'm talking to Luann right now, I don't have these already formulated questions. I start thinking of questions in the middle of this conversation. It's just this organic conversation that happens. We let the Holy Spirit guide it. But I'm frustrated because the questions I'm thinking of right now are like, so did you ever pinpoint what this was? Did you ever, I'm trying to zero in on trying to find some kind of bow or find some kind of way that we can, can, you know, control this because that's the human nature inside of me to your point yeah. as, I, as mm-hmm. like, even as I'm stepping into this space with you, I want to find some kind of resolution or reconciliation for this. And the reality is, is sometimes there's just not. Yeah. Well, and even it's okay to, um, you know, be in the middle of your story and understand it one way and then have new things happen and new developments happen. And then you go back and say, um, I'm going to rewrite part of this story yeah, with God, great. or I'm like going to retell it in a different way because um, our story is still happening and it's still unraveling. And I mean, mm. I think that's what we get in the Bible too when the prophets um, get receive these visions from God and they are like, this is what these visions mean for the the kingdom of Israel. And, and they did have some meaning um, in the ways that the prophets and the people, the audience and the time understood. But then as we move forward into the time of the New Testament and into like, you know, even now as we're living post all the things that the Bible was in the time that the Bible was written, mm-hmm. we're, you know, kind of understanding new meanings from those prophecies or what the Bible the, the biblical writers didn't even know that they meant at the time, but um, that God knew what the ways that we could interpret them, um, what God was revealing to the the biblical writers. So I think it's it's okay to um, say like I think this is what this means for me right now, mm-hmm. um, and that can give you a lot of strength and endurance for for the moment that you're in, and then um, move forward and say. Um, and I think this, it means this other thing too, at this different point. Right. Um, no, that's great. And there's so, just so many layers to it. That's so great. Well, talk to me a little bit about that evolution for you then, you know, as I, and I don't know where on a time frame chronologically, you know, wh- how far removed are we from the moments, the three months right after you're beginning to have this mm-hmm. ankle pain and when you're going through this dark night of the soul, but since that period that you the dark night of the soul that you experienced, what kinds of evolution mm-hmm. have you experienced, transformational mm-hmm. movement that you've experienced that has caused you to look back on things and go, okay, I see it differently now? That is a great question. Yeah. Um, so that, um, that period was about 10 years ago okay. when I went through some of the most intense pain and also the most intense spiritual wrestling and doubt and like distance from God. Well, at first I would say I um, had a lot of anger towards God and which is also, I would say a really valid way to relate to God in the midst of suffering and a really honest and healthy way to relate to God. If that's the feelings that you have, bring them to God and, God can do what God wants to do with those feelings. Um, like God can handle that. Yep, <laughs> and, good. Uh, um, and then as I um, kept, you know, moving forward, one, one point that 
was really important for me was um, we changed location. So we moved from an apartment in Wheaton, Illinois to Oak Park, Illinois. And um, in the middle of that move, we um, went to China for a year, or not a year, a month. And um, I think that um, that change of locations, I know it's not true for everybody, but it really helped me to get out of some ruts mm -hmm. in my my mind and my like kind of emotional and spiritual like yeah. cycles. Um, and so from there, um, moving, coming back to the United States, I did come to that point where I was um, okay with the way life was yeah. and um, saying, this is my new normal. I, I'm going to just have to learn to live with not being able to walk very much um, and find new ways to, you know, be present. And so that, that point of um, releasing my expectations mm -hmm. for what I thought my body needed to be and what I thought God had to do in order for me to be okay with <laughs> my yeah. life. Um, when I released that, it, it really allowed me to um, notice a lot of things, a lot of good things mm. in my life. Um, and and that was the point where I I started to have a better relationship with my body, which is what a lot of um, the writing this book came out of, is that um, I could still see my body as good and that um, my body could still serve the purpose that um, God intended for it, which... Mm wasn't that I was productive and that I could do everything that I, I thought I should do as, um, you know, a, a working person or a person that's trying to have value in mm -hmm. this capital, capitalist society where our value is so much based on what we do right. and what we produce. produce and yeah. um, so letting go of some of that and realizing that actually like the purpose of my body is not to produce, um, but to connect me to other people. Like mm. that is why God made us in bodies is for connection and for relationship. And so once I started to realize that, and I did a lot of reading around, you know, the theology of the body and um, a lot of reading around just the creation story and the, the story of the fall and mm. um, narr like kind of like, telling the story of the fall to myself in a different way too. Like that it didn't have to be about, okay, everything was perfect and our bodies were perfect. And now, um, you know, Adam and Eve ate the fruit and then there's sin and now pain and suffering and death entered the world. Mm. And we're just trying to get back to this state, state of perfection that mm. we had before. Um, you know, reading about some alternate ways of understanding um, the fall really helped me to, like, again, let go of my expectations mm. for what my body needed to be and let go of my ideas of what normal needed to be for me. And then from there, um, it was really bizarre, but um, we got pregnant uh, just, it was probably like three or four years after I started having chronic pain. And I was already starting to experience like minor improvement to my pain through, I, you know, obviously people who go through these kind of medical issues, they've tried everything. Yeah, so I tried right. everything right. and found a few things that kind of helped. So I was just kind of pursuing those things. Um, but then when we got pregnant, um, I actually ended up getting a lot better. Like mm. I was able to do almost 
as much walking as I wanted to again, which was wow. amazing yeah. <laughs> because I'm such an active person and I, I derive so much joy and, you know, sense of fulfillment from being yeah. like out in the world and in nature. So, um, and again, it's like that, like, okay, I thought, I thought I'm, this meant this, that, it, you know, I thought that, okay, I came to this point of acceptance and, oh, but now I'm getting better. So now I have mm. to like kind of re-narrate or like, um, like kind of like go with, with God again through like, what does this mean? Um, I don't think it was like, you know, I prayed and asked for healing and now I got better, mm. you know, it was, so it was, a, it was hard to figure out what it meant because yeah. it wasn't like I was, I'd already like kind of released that, um, that need to go back. Um, right. even though obviously it was wonderful that I was able to <laughs> walk again. Right. Um, yeah. So, so from there, um, I've, you know, kind of had like relapses where I'll go back to like a, a couple of weeks or months where um, pain flares up and, you know, my skeleton has just been out of alignment and just wonky mm. ever since the, that initial onset of pain. So I continue to have to work through um, what, um, what does it mean to live in a body that is vulnerable at yeah. any point to to suffering and pain and um, pain does show up at, in different areas of my body. And I learned to be really attentive to those areas and give myself the space to rest and to not do things mm. um, to kind of let go of my agenda um, and, and take those moments, those seasons as reminders that I'm human and yeah. that this is part of, what it means to live as an embodied human being is that um, you have limits and you're vulnerable. Right. Um, and I and I think it's it's definitely um, something that I wrestle with a lot is just the the possibility that I could um, have a you know another like pain onset where yeah. I'm I'm not able to do things in the way that I'm doing them currently. Yeah. and have to reckon with n different levels of normal. Um, and again, that'll be a point where um, I, I'll have to go back and say, like, okay, how do I make sense of this? How, how can I find, how can I be present to this? And how mm. can I find the good that God has for me um, out of these, these times of pain? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, Honestly, I don't know how I would react again if I wasn't able to, you know, if I kind of went into another um, long season of pain. Um, but, um, yeah, you just know what you wow. know now, and, and that's enough to make, yeah. you know, carry you forward. Yeah, wow. Pain is unavoidable. And yet, the primary place I see people get stuck in their pain journey is that they try to avoid addressing it altogether. Recovery starts the moment we choose to take that first step toward wholeness and we lean into the painful emotions. While we believe we have so much to offer as a ministry to help you in your recovery journey, we know there is one area that you need that we don't directly provide, and that is traditional counseling and therapy services. That's why we partner with Faithful Counseling. They are an online worldwide organization that provides virtual counseling from wherever you are. 
They have licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. You can receive the help you need quickly when you sign up because they match you with a counselor in 24 hours or less. Then you can connect with them anytime via your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. And if your counselor you are matched with isn't a good fit for you, you're able to switch at any time to find someone who better fits your needs. To be clear, Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for during the sign-up process. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. If you sign up through that link only, you'll receive 10% off your first month of counseling for being a part of the Nothing Is Wasted community. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothing is wasted. And now back to our interview. You know, so I'm I'm really curious about some of these things that you, you know, kind of brought to the to the forefront here. I love the idea of how you begin to view certain things about scripture, namely the creation story, the fall, how you view those differently now, just kind of taking a you know mm-hmm. perspective now that you have from your life experience and some of the research you've done. I'd just be very curious if you feel comfortable sharing what some of those other mm-hmm. alternate views were that have helped you to begin to find some meaning and some peace, um, mm-hmm. you know, in your own journey. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd definitely be happy to share about that. I think, you know, in this, a lot of this, I have to thank the, the work that has been done by disability theologians mm. who have done a ton of wrestling and reckoning with, you know, bodies that are differently able. Does this mean that um, they're not made as God intended or... Mm-hmm. Um, wow did God make them this way? You know, so there's a lot of like, what did God mean? (laughs) Why did God do this in all of these stories? um, So when I was talking about the kind of reinterpreting the fall, um, there's a particular theologian whose name is Richard Middleton and another one named Terrence Fretheim. So if reader, you know, listeners want to dig further into their work, um, those are people that I found really helpful. Um, and they're dealing with, um, you know, like natural disasters Mm. and the problem of pain and, and death in the world. And, um, what we know from, like scientific records is that viruses and bacteria have been around, you know, obviously since before um, people were around mm-hmm. and, um, you know, mutations have been around and mutations can be good in the sense that they um, bring about these adaptations um, in in human and animal and plant bodies, but also they, um, they lead to cancer. So these things have all been around, um, for a really long time. And so the, the idea that perhaps pain is not, um, like something that resulted from the fall, but maybe something that is built in to the way the world works. 
mm. is something that really helped me. I, I would say it's not like you don't have to interpret the, the right. creation and fall story in this way. But for me, reading pain in that way helps me to let go of the idea that um, my body is not as it should be. Mm. Um, and that it helps me to just realize that there's all these ways that you can be in a body and there's no like, you don't have, we don't have to have this like ideal, normal way to be in a body yeah. for, for us to live meaningfully in our bodies. Yeah. And so we don't have to say to the person that's born with disabilities, oh, I'm so sorry that you're not like us, mm -hmm. you know, that, mm -hmm. that you don't, you're not able to walk or you have intellectual disabilities and you're not able to think on this like rational, high performing level. I think um, it really helps me to question the, the ways that we see bodies that are different from mm -hmm. ours in society and realize that a lot of our ideas of normal aren't really from um, the Bible necessarily, but from our culture, yeah, you know. Societal, um, societal norms, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and so that really helped me too. Um, just accept like, this is my body and I don't have to, you know, ask the why question all the time of like, mm. why did this happen? Was it because of sin? Was it because of like genetic, you know, mm. mutations? Was it because of environmental factors? Um, I could just kind of rest in like, this is what it is. And God is with me. Um, mm. And that was, that's, you know, that's the important thing is that God is present and I can be present too. Um, yeah. So I don't think that everybody needs that, but like for me, I'm like super like yeah. intellectual and I am very idealistic. So I kept mm. wanting to like in my own wrestling with pain, I kept like going back to like, but this isn't the way it should be. Like, mm. this isn't the way God made me to be. And I, I really had to let go of like, this is what it is. And that's all you need to know is yeah. that God is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you parallel with the, um, I can't remember off the top of my head if it's Mark chapter nine or John chapter nine. I know, I know it's one of them, but the man that was born blind and the Pharisees mm -hmm. are interrogating Jesus about this man. And they're saying, right. you know, okay, who sinned? Is it, is it a result of his sin? Is it his parents? And Jesus says, mm -hmm. neither. This, this is mm -hmm. so that the works of God can be fulfilled in his life, that God can be glorified. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a really, that we are always trying to, in our human nature, solve the problem of pain. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a problem that can't be solved. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's addressed with the cross and the empty tomb. And as you said, Holy Saturday, right? Those three components, mm -hmm. it's addressed there, and it's and it's um, and it's re it's redeemed there. But the pain isn't solved in any way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I think that is, man, what a fascinating perspective there. I I really, I'm 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 stirred up a little bit now too, just hearing that going. Okay, mm -hmm. man, this is because you think about the natural cycles of nature, and you have these mm -hmm. seasons, right? Well, what marks what's fall? Fall is marking. It's a it's a it's a marking season of death. Mm -hmm. And this was something right, that I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming that that's, that was pre-fall, pre-the-fall, right. pre-Genesis chapter three, that seasons yeah. were built into mm -hmm. 
And so, mm-hmm. you know, if nature has this natural cycle of death and then this restoration, wonder what. So it's really, I love that you brought this up and I think it's really imperative. I don't think this dismantles mm-hmm. anybody's theology mm-hmm. or trust in God. I think it's always good to ask these questions and wrestle with and go, okay, God, where are you meeting me right now in this mm-hmm. space? And how do I walk with you in this pain and not try to mm-hmm. solve it or resolve it? You know? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Luann. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that you're, um, you're willing to, you know, delve into it. Cause yeah, I think we don't have to get our theology straight for, um, yeah. For God to make meaning out of our <laughs> lives. And I think we, we like want to so badly and like, okay, like this is the way to think about it. And right. now it'll make sense for us. Right. Theology is interesting because you can't put God in a box, right? And theology often tries to put <laughs> God in a box. It's an either or situation yeah. in a lot of ways. And major theological mm-hmm. debates become either or. And I look yeah. at it and I'm like, man, I have read both sides of just about every argument and there have been hundreds of years of much more intelligent people who have been arguing both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I can actually see in scripture how you can make an argument for both sides of almost any argument. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot of situations that it's more of a both and than it is an either mm-hmm. or. And I yeah. think the important thing is is beginning to wrestle with God and who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Not Not who do we say he is or the box that we like to put him in, but who he actually mm-hmm. is. Because when we discover yeah. who he actually is, that is what begins to change us, you know, because then our lives can bend around, around that. Yeah, um, for sure. Instead of trying to shape shift God around us. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Theology can be a form of control, you know, yeah. wanting to kind of, like you said, put God in a box so that it's manageable and the suffering is manageable. And, you know, I think we we want to explain things because it offers us the sense of control. Yeah. Like, okay, we know the cause, so then we know how we can alter the outcome. Yeah. Um, but I think we can, we can do theology in a way that allows us to kind of let go of some of those like conceptions that we have of mm. God's um, and welcome this like bigger, like wider, deeper understanding of God that's beyond who we understand mm. God to be. Yeah. That's good. Well, I want to point everybody to, um, to, to your book, Hurting Yet Whole. Uh, what a phenomenal title. I mean, it really encompasses uh, so much of what we've been talking about right now. Mm-hmm. What, is, what, are you, what are you hoping that the, the reader really experiences as they, as they read your book? I mean, it's mostly my story, and I was trained in anthropology. And so I, I definitely like, explore some of the, the social aspects. Like I mentioned, like how our definitions of normal are not just like, they just didn't just come out of nowhere, but came yeah. out of like the ways that society has been structured and not, not all of those are just or right or good. Mm. Um, so I start to question some of that. Um, I have a chapter on women, um, because women um, suffer from 75% of autoimmune disease sufferers are women. Um, And women experience a lot of um, kind of like dismissal of their pain within the medical system. Um, You know, they're seen as too emotional and kind of too uh, hormone driven, um, not reliable in their account of their pain because um, they like convey so much emotion when a lot of times, and I don't want to generalize, I know that changes in different situations. So I thought it was really important to address um, women's experiences of pain Mm. and and how they're different and how like being a woman um, 
in particular can lead to um, can contribute to some of our experience of chronic illness and maybe exacerbate mm. some of our um, physical suffering. But mostly, I just hope that readers feel accompanied. Mm. Um, I, you know, like I said, I don't have all the answers. So I don't have neat bows to put on anything. But I think that's what, honestly, um, like, you know, in my own season of like the dark night of the soul and and wrestling with what my pain meant, um, all the like Christianese answers really were not helpful. Mm. Like I really needed people who were just in it with me right. and saying like, this is, this is normal. This is right. part of what it means to be human. Um, the, the pain is normal and we feel with you. And yeah. like you can, this pain can be something that God uses to connect you to other people's pain and to the pain of the suffering servant, Jesus mm. on the cross and um, just be a vessel that God uses to, to bring healing in your own life and in the world. So um, I hope it re- offers readers um, just a sense of like, okay, this is, this is for something and I, I can be here in it because I'm accompanied in it by other people and by God. Wow. Wow. Well, Luann, this has been a remarkable conversation. I really appreciate your honesty, your transparency. I mean, you, you took us to a place that few people have taken us to be honest with you. Um, in that we, you know, this, we haven't resolved anything here, but I think that's where a lot of people are finding (laughs) themselves right now. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate that immensely. Mm -hmm. Um, so once you guys to make sure that you're, you pick up Luann's book hurting yet whole, we'll make sure we put that on the show notes as well as the podcast page featured on our website. Um, Luann, can we follow, you have a blog, do you have uh, Instagram? What can we, how can we follow what you're doing, what you're writing? Yeah. Um, you can go to my website. So it's L I U A N H U S K A.com. And then you can also, you know, find me on Twitter at that same Twitter handle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This was just, it was, it was great to have a conversation with you. Yeah. I appreciate this. Well, I love that conversation you just had, Davey, with Luann. The yes. woman is full of wisdom, like we said, and mm-hmm. um, just, uh, yeah, lots of thoughtfulness, lots of things for us to consider. And I, what I appreciate about her perspective is that she, uh, she doesn't, she she's she doesn't wrap up pain in a pretty little package, right? <laughs> right? right. Like she's willing to just continue to say. Yeah, this is hard. It's, and it's and, and it's yet still God ongoing. is here. And yeah, holding yeah. those two things in tension, I think we do try to wrap things up in a bow, whether it's for mm-hmm. our own sake and our own, you know, trying our own coping with the pain that we're going through, or whether it's to try to, in some ways, try to defend God or create a defense for God. So right, like, right. Yeah, this thing's taking, but, but God is good. You know, God is good. He's faithful, right? Right. Um, and that's, that's not what she was doing. And she, I feel like, has given us permission now to just kind of live in the nuance, to live in that I space. I think so too. Yeah. Just to sort of let God be God and let your pain be what it is and not have mm-hmm. to try to find the answers for it. Yeah. But to and find the, rich faith in the middle of it, I do appreciate right. that. And this, and this is, you know, w- one of the things she really started to dive into was this idea that this is why it, it brings out even more the significance and the meaning of the incarnation of Christ, right? Right. That, that God became flesh 
and he dwelt among us and he walked mm-hmm. with us in our pain and suffering. He subjected himself to pain and suffering. And mm-hmm. that, that this, this idea of that he doesn't just kind of solve it. He doesn't give us like an answer or an explanation. Right. But, but his explanation is, Hey, Jesus, that, that yeah. his explanation is incarnation. You know what I mean? It's like this, when we ask the questions, why, 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 why am I going through this? Why is this happening? Why is this? He, he, he goes, Hey, I I'm with you. So I may not like reveal to you this why, because right. an explanation right. isn't really going to help us necessarily. I mean, if God right. told us why, I don't know if that would necessarily help us. That would seem so sterile if he's sitting across the table from us and saying, well, here's why you're going through what you're going through. Here's exactly the plan that I have laid out for you with your yeah. pain. You'd almost be like, well, well, thanks. Okay. Don't do that. Strategically, <laughs> right. I guess I can see that now, but, right. but what is really, what really ministers to our spirit is the fact that he's with us. That's right. And he has, he has known suffering and is with us in our suffering now. I also yeah. think too, just simply about the really the example of Jesus on the cross, like the place where he most, and I would say the night before the cross, like Mm. the places where Jesus most embraced his limitedness and his vulnerability and his pain that we can, we, I, I think sometimes because Jesus is powerful and Jesus is like our savior and our strong, mighty King, we don't always want to look at the times Jesus was vulnerable and Jesus was weak and Jesus embraced his pain, but the fact that we do have a suffering servant of a savior, I think is so comforting to our souls when we are in pain, you know, that we have a God who has known exactly what we've been through, has known pain, has known heartache. And therefore not only does he not leave us alone, but like he has compassion for us because he knows exactly what it is we're feeling. Yeah. He's not aloof. He's not far off. He's not disconnected. That's right. You know, he really understands it. You know, and, and he can understand mm-hmm. everything that we're going through. That's one of my favorite things to challenge people. And I would challenge you if you're listening to this, whatever pain you're walking through right now, ask God, how do you show me how you understand this pain? Mm, that's good. And I think that he'll reveal that to you. He'll reveal it to you through his word. He'll reveal it to you through the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus, how do you understand it? You, you were fully divine and, and fully human all at the same time. Um, so in your humanity, how did you, how do you understand this? How, how are you walking with mm-hmm. me in this? And I think that really will help us to, as we approach our pain, um, not look for those bows to kind of tie things yeah. up. I think it'll really yeah. help us to just lean into who Jesus is and find the sustenance and the comfort and the strength that we need from him. I think too, that picture that you just said, Jesus being fully God and, and fully human, like Jesus, his, his medium was the message, right? Like the the fact that he reconciled humanity to the divinity and did it in and of himself. Like that's what his body was. That's what he embodied. And so in one sense, I think that's even another layer, right? To be able to say, we have a, we have a God who, um, reconciles us. Yeah. We have a hu- we have a human god who reconciles us to the godness of himself. I mean, it doesn't even yeah. make sense, but it's mind-blowing so that even in our most deepest humane moments when we're at at our weakest, feeling so limited, feeling so vulnerable, we have access to divine power and divine right. love and divine compassion because of what Jesus embodied for us. It's good word. I mean, it's good news in the middle of it. It really is. It's so comforting. And it, and going back to what you said about the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Going back to that mm-hmm. last night that Jesus is arrested before he goes to the cross. 
Um, I remember Jeff Rollins was on the podcast a while back and he made mention of this. I'd never thought of it before. I'd never thought about this, but he said, this was the only time that we see that the will of Jesus and the will of the father were disjointed. Wow. And it's like, wow. Oh my gosh. And so we get a picture of Jesus's humanity here going, I, I am so anxious and so fearful Mm. of this Mm. pain that I'm about to go through. You know, and so I don't want anybody to get a picture of Jesus who it's, you know, he's just like, just kind of this, he just, <laughs> right. saintly, he just saintly walks toward, you know, his, his yeah. martyrdom, you know, and, and it, this was, he struggled with this. And so he can understand yeah. this, even the struggle that we have in the midst of our pain. And yet at the same time, he said, okay, I, I relinquish and surrender my will and my agenda to you, father, yeah. and uh, I'm willing to walk in it. And there was joy in that. That's right. As I do feel us. like that prayer, you know, okay, God, not my will, but your will. That's a way that all of us can partner with God mm-hmm. in the middle of our pain so stories. Good. Just yeah. to have that prayer at the, you know, even if you're faking it till you make it. God, right. okay, this, I hate this. I want you to take this away from me, but not my will, but your will. That's and that's great. a way that, um, that's one way that you can partner with God to take back your story. That's right. And that's something that's right. we're super passionate about here at Nothing Is Wasted. Mm-hmm. We really do want to empower you in all the ways that we can to partner with God to take back your story and to find hope in the middle of your pain. Mm-hmm. And not just this episode, not just the things we're talking about here, but we have other resources for you. If you want to go to our website, nothingiswasted.com today, you'll find our Pain to Purpose course. Um, that's for churches and individuals. We've got certified guides that you can hire to walk you through your own pain yeah. journey. We've got community groups, all kinds of resources for you so that you can begin that, really to embody that work of right. saying, okay, God, it's your right. will above mine. It's your will first. Yeah. And I'm so glad we have these resources now because years ago, uh, we were just a podcast, right? And now... <laughs> right. We are, we are helping people. It's not just inspiration, as you've probably heard me say before. This is now, we're helping you with transformation. And four years ago, almost, we started this podcast. In fact, next week, we are celebrating our four-year birthday as a podcast when it was just inspiration, just people's stories, and how much God has done since then. Wow, it's incredible. So next week, we're going to have a special episode where we talk a little bit about what God has done and what we're excited about that God is continuing to do, and we're looking forward in the future and how we can help more and more individuals, more and more churches uh, partner with God to take back their story. Um, that's going to be a really fun episode, so you're going to want to make sure that you are here and, and you're listening to that. Uh, we also have a parenting series that is kicking off right after that with a special episode with you, Woo! Aubrey. Yes, and, and my wife, Christy. Back by popular demand. I was going to say, who's introducing fabulous wife, Christy Blackburn. I'm so excited. I get to sit and have a conversation with her about parenting. And we're in different seasons of motherhood. So I think Mm. it's going to be real encouraging for any mom who just feels weary or worn out. We are going to encourage you. That's on June 10th. We are so excited about that one. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can find his music wherever you listen to music. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Ob Samp. And like Davy said, come back next week. Yeah. Fourth birthday. We're going to give you a little, a little sneak peek into our fourth, fourth birthday celebration right here. So why don't you go ahead and listen to this little clip from next week's episode.
when you're a baby and you like touch something hot, you've, mm. you've been burned. So your brain naturally just wants to make sure that you're not going to step into pain again. Yeah. And so that yeah. pathway is, hey, you're going to get burned. So in the same way, when you've experienced some kind of trauma, your brain's going to say, mm -hmm. hey, you need to survive. Don't get burned again. So you naturally will put up this like armor and it served you for a time mm -hmm. and a season but that armor is not needed anymore. And so you need to take mm. down that armor and you need to feel what those feelings were because mm. again, Good. when we talk about neural pathways, that what goes on with that is basically saying, this is unsafe, this is unsafe. But if you now take that armor down, you experience the same kind of experience yeah. in a healthy healing way, then all yeah. of a sudden you have a new pathway right. that's saying that's not always unsafe. Yeah. That was unsafe mm. before, but that's not always going to be that way.